0: We're going to begin this morning in the book of Luke, chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, we're going to read beginning in verse 11 and down through verse 19. So we read here that it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So, the title of our lesson this morning is Where Are the Nine? Later in the week, most all of us, I'm sure, have plans to gather with our families, to eat a bunch of food, and spend time enjoying one another's company. We call the holiday Thanksgiving because we spend time giving thanks and thinking about our blessings. And that's good. We should do that. But we should do that not just once a year. We should do that really every day because we're a very blessed people. And so the lesson this morning is focused on thinking about the ideas of showing gratitude towards God, not just on occasion, but always. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all could do better in
1: demonstrating our thanksgiving. We have a story here about these
0: ten men who were afflicted with a disease that at that time in history had no cure. They were basically sentenced to death and a painful death at that. And through this miraculous power of Christ, they were healed of that disease, but only one of them came back and said, Thank you. And so when we think about this question where are the nine? We're thinking about the rest of those men who failed to say thank you, and really we're getting at which are we. Are we the one who has come back to say thank you, or are we like the majority who receive
1: wonderful blessings and then take them for granted?
0: As we begin, I'd like to relate a story and... Forgive me if I've shared the story with you before, but I was a young boy. I was probably about Jack's age, I would guess. And I remember this day that I was sitting in my room, and for whatever reason, I was in a bad mood. I think it was because I had asked my parents for something, and they told me, no, or you're going to have to wait. And so I was feeling... Upset because I didn't have whatever it was at the time that I thought I needed or wanted. I'm sure it was something that I really didn't need. And my dad came into the room, and he's, of course, can tell that I'm upset and he's asking me what's wrong, and so I explain. And I forget exactly how it was worded, but he basically asked me the question. He said, have you ever just counted all the toys in your room? Counted how many you have? Knight said, well, no, you know, I've never even thought about doing
1: such a thing. And he made the comment, you know, you'd be amazed if you would count
0: all of your blessings. And he said, you're living like a king and you don't even know it. And that's always stuck with me. It's funny how certain moments as you grow up kind of vividly stick in your memory. And that's one of those things that I can recall very vividly.
1: I did some research regarding worldwide statistics
0: on how blessed people are as we think about physical things. It's quite astonishing what you come to find when you look into that. As I was researching, I found that some 80% of the world's population today lives on less than $10 a day. And if you think about here in the United States, I think the minimum wage is just under $10, isn't it? Somewhere around there. So somebody can get a very entry-level job and be making as much as some people earn in a day. Really, the majority of the Earth's population in a day, you can make that in about an hour.
1: But some 50% live on less than $2.50 a day. You stop and think about that. Think about what $2.50 would buy
0: you here if you went to the store and tried to get some things. You wouldn't get very far, would
1: you? But that's what some people accumulate in a day's time. Nearly half the Earth's
0: population. There's some 805 million people worldwide that do not have enough food on the regular day-to-day basis to eat. There's some 750 million people who lack access to clean drinking water, and so they have to drink whatever they can come across, which is often filled with pollutants or bacteria, things that cause them
1: to be sick or even die. About one-fourth of all humans today
0: live without electricity. That's approximately 1.6 billion people. You stop and think about that. Think about your daily routine and you think about how much you rely on electricity.
1: Imagine what it would be like if the power was turned off permanently, be no more TV, be
0: no more ovens, cook your food, no more microwaves, no more refrigerators,
1: no more lights. Some 25% of the earth's population lives like that. But yet we complain so much, don't we? Because we have so much to complain
0: about, don't we? Paul wrote in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 beginning that godliness... With contentment is great gain. He says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And verse 8 is rather astonishing in a way. When we think about what we have, or what we would consider normal in this country, in this place, in this day and age. He says, having food and clothing... With these, we shall be content. Now you think about all the things you have. And you think about if it was all stripped down to just your food and your clothing. How content would you be? Or would you have some complaints
1: that you were relating I'd like to take us through a series of reality checks.
0: I'm sure maybe some of you have seen on the internet, there's this famous picture of Batman slapping Robin across the face, and it's meant to be humorous. Typically, you'll see little speech bubbles coming from Batman and Robin, and Robin will be saying something silly, and Batman is slapping him, saying, stop that, you know, that's nonsense, in other words.
1: We're Robin in this scenario, by the way. Think about the complaints that we often utter. Who here likes doing laundry? We got two hands. (laughs) Okay.
0: Maybe three. Everybody else is,
1: nope. You know, if you're doing laundry, it means you have clothes. What about the dishes? Sometimes at our house, the dishes,
0: they just pile up because nobody wants to do the dishes, right?
1: But you know, if you have dishes that are dirty in your sink, it means that you have food. Sometimes my children will get upset. Well, I want a pop with my dinner, or we'll go out to
0: eat, we'll say we're ordering water. (laughs) But I don't want water.
1: You know what, if you have clean water, that's a blessing in light of some of the statistics we looked at.
0: My car doesn't have a sunroof, I'm really upset about that. Or My car doesn't have this, that, or the other thing, what a piece of junk I drive around. (laughs) Sometimes we act that way, don't we? You know what, if you are uttering such a complaint it means you actually have a car,
1: which is much better than what a lot of people have to deal with. I think about this
0: in context of when I was young, and I think about my kids. Well, I wanted to play outside, but it's raining. Now i got to stay in here. Well, you know what? You should be thankful that you have a roof over your head. Keep you dry when it's raining.
1: Keep the elements away from us when... They're not necessarily desired.
0: This energy bill is ridiculous. They raised the rates again. Well, you know what? You're paying an energy bill, it means you're warm, or cold, I guess, if it's summer.
1: <laughs> For some of us, anyway. It means you have lights. My boss
0: can be such... A meany face. Now I don't think that's the word we probably normally would use. We probably have other <laughs> words we'd fill in the blank there with. You know what,
1: if we're complaining about our boss means we have a job. Some people don't. I hate when my siblings bicker. You know what, if you have siblings that are bickering, they can be annoying, but it means you have a family. I hate when mom and dad don't let me have my way. Well, some kids don't have a mom or a dad. So be thankful. I hate when my spouse hogs the covers. I get accused of that. You know what? Some people don't have a spouse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 We read there,
0: do all things, that doesn't leave anything out, does it? Do all things, he says, without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, in that same chapter that we had looked at a few moments ago, 1 Timothy 6, we looked at verses 6 through 8 and we noticed about Paul talking about what we should be content with. And he identified two basic needs that this physical body has food and clothing. A little bit further down in the, the text, there, verse 17, he starts to talk about those who are rich in this present age. And when you think about what he's already defined as what we need to be content with, or maybe what would be the basic normal situation,
1: I think we could all say that we fall into the category of the ones he's talking to here. And so let's think
0: about what he says. He says, command those who are rich in this present age
1: not to be arrogant nor to trust in uncertain riches but rather we're to trust
0: in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. He says, let them do good that they would be rich in good works Ready to give, willing to share? When's the last time you grumbled about having to share your food or your drink? Somebody asks you for a drink of your whatever you're drinking. I don't want to share with you. You got cooties. (laughs) Are we ready to give? Are we willing to share the abundance that God has seen fit to give us? If we do these things, if this is our attitude, he says we're storing up for ourselves a good foundation
1: for the time to come so that we can lay hold on eternal life. Now, as we
0: thought about our physical blessings a little bit, I want us to also think about our spiritual blessings. You know, there's a very powerful application to be made from the story that we read at the beginning there about these ten lepers who had been cleansed, because the reality is that we're all lepers in a sense, in a spiritual sense. We all have a disease that's brought about by our own sin, our own choice. But nonetheless, a disease that causes us to be unclean, just as they were unclean, those that had that physical leprosy, causes us to be separated from the camp of God. There's a divide that happens when we choose to sin. And so we become separated, just like those lepers had to stay outside of the camp of Israel. They had to separate themselves.
1: And we know that sin ultimately condemns us to death. Eternal separation from God. Back in
0: Leviticus chapter 13, you really could read that entire chapter. There's a lot of very specific details that are given there about leprosy and those that had that disease and what was to be done in regards to those who had that disease. But verse 46 is is kind of one of the verses in that chapter that's key. And so as he talks about the leper here, he says, He shall be unclean. All the days that he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and shall dwell alone. Notice. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. So it was a pretty sad, miserable existence for those that had this disease back in the day and age that we read about in the Scriptures. And so again, just to highlight the correlation there to sin, in Romans 6 and verse 23, one of those verses that we know pretty well, it tells
1: us there that the wages or the results of sin is death. Romans chapter 5, we're reminded of what Jesus has done for
0: us despite the terrible disease, if you will, of sin that we've all contracted through our own choices. In verse 6 there of Romans 5, it says, When we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, we might say while we were still lepers, if we're running with our analogy, while we were still helpless and hopeless, Christ died for us. And go back and read what. Isaiah had recorded there in chapter 53 concerning Christ and what he would do for us. What he would suffer on our behalf. Notice how it's described in, in verse 4 specifically. Surely, Isaiah says, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken. It brings to mind that same imagery of, of somebody who had leprosy. We, we esteemed him as, as the leper smitten by God and afflicted. We, we rejected
1: Him. Ultimately hung Him on a cross. But He did all of that so that we could be cleansed. Second Peter chapter 1, Peter has been writing about
0: what the Christian should be doing in regards to his growth and maturing. He talks about adding to our faith certain things. Now, as we get into verse 8 of that chapter, as he's gone through this list of virtues that we are to add to our faith, he makes a comment, if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want us to notice verse Nine. Now, it's kind of interesting that it's verse 9 as we're thinking about where are the nine. Well, this is where the nine are right here. He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Lines up just perfect, doesn't it? The ones who are not serving God acceptably, the ones who are not growing in their faith, are the ones who lack gratitude.
1: The ones who've forgotten what's been done to cleanse them. So I guess which verse describes us? Is it verse 8 or is it verse 9?
0: In Romans, the 6th chapter, in verse 17, Paul writing there says, God, be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. In other words, you obeyed the gospel of Christ. You've now been set free, he says, from sin. You've become slaves, rather, of righteousness. He says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for Just as you presented your members as slaves... Notice the language he chooses here. You presented your members as slaves of uncleanness. Again, it it brings back that same idea of, of the leprosy. Our members were plagued by this death of sin. And of lawlessness, he says, leading to more lawlessness. Now, now that you've been cleansed through the blood of Christ, you've been baptized into him, into his death, to rise and walk in a newness of life, he says, now, present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. What are you rendering to the Lord? The language there is borrowed from Psalm 116. If you want to open your Bibles to that psalm and read with me. As many of the psalms are, this is a psalm of thanksgiving. And the psalmist writes here and he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. And so therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. He says, the pains of death surrounded me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble
1: and sorrow, and then I called on the name of the Lord, saying, O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul.
0: And he says, Gracious is the Lord, and righteous.
1: Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple, says, I was brought low, and he saved me.
0: And so return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death. You've delivered my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Verse 12,
1: what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me?
0: Well, he answers that question, doesn't he? Verse 13, he says, I will take up the cup of salvation and again call in the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. He says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You've loosed my bonds, and I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's an interesting phrase, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It is a sacrifice, isn't it? We have to consciously choose to take time to say thank you and to show gratitude through the way that we
1: behave. It's a sacrifice of our own selfish will. The selfish person who says, well, thanks,
0: Um, you know, I'm just going to take what you've given me and, and learn to expect it and learn to take it for granted. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows again to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people in the courts of the Lord's house in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. He says, praise the Lord. We read in Psalm 40, verse 1. Psalmist there writing says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry and he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. In verse 5 he says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. You think about counting your blessings. (laughs) You really can't, can you? To sit and to, in an orderly way, go through everything God has done in thinking of you and I.
1: Let alone the physical things. We have to think about all the spiritual things. It's like one of those things where you're laying in bed at night and you think, well, I'll start start counting
0: sheep. Well, it doesn't take very long before you're asleep, right? You're exhausted at the exercise and even more so to think about counting our blessings. What shall we render to the Lord? Well, we could start
1: by being the one instead of the nine. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Rejoice always.
0: Pray without ceasing. And notice in everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Colossians 3 and verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body.
1: And be thankful. Are we thankful?
0: I hope we'll seriously contemplate these things, and I'd like at the conclusion of our lesson this morning to read the words of one of the psalms, or I guess it could be called a psalm, one of the hymns that we sing from time to time. I guess it's probably one of the more popular ones because it's kind of got a, an upbeat melody to it, but the words are very sobering. And sometimes maybe we, we kind of skip past that as we're caught up in the melody of the song. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your
1: many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you're called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly,
0: and you will keep singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings Money cannot buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So, amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all.
1: Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Hope we we'll all think on these
0: things. As we go through this week, but I hope that we'll think on them beyond the duration of this week as well. That we'll remember to say thank you and to be sincere in that gratitude towards our God for all of his benefits towards you and I. This morning, if there's one here who recognizes a need to make their life right whether that need is one to submit to the Lord in baptism for the forgiveness of sins, to start a new life in Christ, in hope, or whether that need is for prayers of encouragement, or to ask humbly for forgiveness this morning, whatever it would be,
1: we would love to assist you. And So if you have a need, please make it known now as we stand and as we sing.